Well, guess what it is? I think it's, is it Saturday? I don't know what it's day Sat- it is. It is Saturday. Uh, it, I had this problem the other day. I missed a meeting on Zoom because I left my house. Yes. And then I went off and was doing my thing. And I was having lunch with my wife last Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And I looked at her and I said, it's Wednesday. I cursed, actually. Yes. I said, it's Wednesday. She said, yeah. And I mean, I said it as though it was like the worst news I'd had right. all day, right? And it's like, oh, no, it's Wednesday. She's like, uh. And I said, I, I was supposed to be on this meeting with Mickey last night at 630, but I forgot it was Tuesday. Yeah, well. And it's know. on my counter. I understand. It's a part of getting old. So it is know. Saturday. We're in Old Hickory Village, and this is the BNA Podcast. I'm Brian. I'm Jay. Welcome back. I don't know what music you're using today, but I don't either. It'll be wonderful. There'll be three seconds of music right there. Three seconds of music. But it's going to be the good one this time. Yeah. So this is like, we're we're doing this like within two weeks of the the last one. I know. This is like, uh, I don't, listen, let's be real clear. Yeah. People should not think this means we're taking it seriously. Exactly. Because it'll just frustrate you later. I did have a listener contact me. And, yeah, and told me that he'd listen. He'd Wait, really hey, just it. to be clear, if you had a listener contact you, I have insurance. Oh, okay. I have liability insurance. I have an insurance. I have an umbrella policy for any. So, well, this was I'm just saying who, somebody who just started listening. They always they, start with they, nice they, comments, exactly. You know. And so they they said it's a, it sounds like you all were in your living room, and I was like, well, no, we're in Brian's office, but exactly. that's okay. Which Same is, thing, yeah, you know, exactly. We're we're we have we're, a TV, so. Uh, there's a lot going on in Nashville these days. You know, it's, it's a good reason to do this every two weeks. First of all, we had a, there was a fantasy. I don't know if we both had it, but I had that we would do it every two weeks because the council meets every two weeks on Tuesdays. That makes sense. But since I never know when it's Tuesday. Yeah. Good, you know, but nonetheless, um, you know, I thought during the pandemic that when the trash problem raised its ugly head. Mm hmm. That would be a pandemic-related thing. Everybody was at home. They were generating right. more trash. There were like two full bags of the, you know constant boxes from Amazon. All the stuff that happened during lockdown. Right. Well, it turns out that wasn't really the problem at all. That was a problem. It is a problem. The but problem is a little deeper. It is a little deeper, and as deep as the trash is, I think. <laughs> exactly. It's From a huge mound of landfill-sized problem. Uh, yes, it is. I, we've talked about this before about <sighs> how. Uh, we, uh, under a previous administration, entered into a contract with a company out of Texas to uh, do trash pickup in Red the, River in the Urban Services District of yes. Nashville. So, th- for those folks who don't understand how this works, so Nashville has two different tax districts. We have an Urban Services and a General Services. If you're in the Urban Services, you get more services, but you pay a higher tax rate. And so, uh, well, let's put it this way. Just to be fair, uh-huh. you theoretically get more services. Theoretically, right. you get more services. Um, you know, I once had a council person tell me that uh, actually the way the charter's written, we're not supposed to get fire service in the general services district. Yeah, I'm sure that's true. But we get it anyway. So yeah. so all of that's to say, um, if you live in the urban services district, the city's supposed to pick up your trash. Well, they entered into a contract that said, uh, we're going to hire this company out of Texas to do the trash pickup. And, and I'm sure it was a very thorough, completely transparent bidding process that brought the very best to the forefront of the bids, and we were able to make a decision based on capacity and efficiency, and it's going to serve our citizens I'm great. I'm sure that's correct. Yeah. But, you know, uh, our, our, the mayor under that time was going through some scandals. So, uh, who, who did knows? this one? Barry. Oh, this is a Megan deal? This is a Megan deal. Oh, this is way worse than sleeping with your security, dude. Exactly. So wow. All of that's to say that um, what they didn't kind of predict is that Nashville was going to grow. That seems to be part of the problem here. Yeah. It's not an expanding contract. I mean, now, it's, I mean, as I recall, already been identified the it city beforehand, yeah. but it's kind of like the growth has she probably misread it. the terms of the contract, and so um, so that this particular company was not able to um, keep up with the Joneses, so to speak, and uh, so we have. Now, um, a company that has worked itself into bankruptcy. They do seem to have a, um, a bankruptcy judge right. operating their expenditures. So, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how the um, they had to suspend recycling for a while, which is not real popular in a blue city. It was city. really not. And it's particularly, it was like, I just completely 
off well, it's not off the subject but it's uh an aside sean parker who's district five's council person yeah um he was like volunteering with his like suv to go help people haul their cardboard away oh, i mean it was like i mean they were down for like six or eight weeks with no recycling in east nashville which is probably the most um recycling friendly part of town shall we say yeah well that's uh i you know that's great um constituent service it i was, suppose it's, and it's a shame to have to do that in a maybe city that of, is you know. the advantage of having 40 council people you've got more <laughs> right. people to go do recycling we got 40 for trucks 40 right trucks. And almost all of them drive a pickup truck exactly. i think except sean i think that's probably right so uh all of that's to say we we have this trash problem as we know and um they're trying to work their way out of it, but one of the problems that we've run into is because the company that we have the exclusive contract with is in bankruptcy, we can't just do things. Right. They have to they have um, to go ask the judge. They have to go ask the judge. Now the good news this week is that the judge has approved uh, for them to hire some additional trucks from the waste management company. Uh, which is always nice to have to uh, pay somebody else for service that you're supposed to have, have already paid for. Yeah, that you've right. already paid for. Um, so it looks like um, they have a contract with waste management for 10 new side loading trucks for up to 60 days. And then the director of the uh, water department, which now is responsible for our trash. That's a whole nother thing. Um, basically said, well, you know, this might have to be extended out. <laughs> So, so I did read this, and I don't know the details of this because you know we live we don't live in the fanciest urban services district. No, we don't. We don't get for which well, I think, and I'm really quite grateful. I, I mean, am too. I, I'm happy to have slightly lower taxes, which is not substantially lower, but no. slightly lower taxes. But I will say this: we've got uh, McMurtry to pick up our trash. The McMurtry Waste Management Company, and Roger McMurtry, is one of the great um, uh, gems in this community. This I is the have, kind. This is the way capitalism is supposed to work. Right. Right. I mean the ideal of a market society is that a guy like Roger McMurtry provides a service really well. And folks love him. And we love him and we stick. And I don't, I'll be honest, I use him because you did. And you, I ask, mm -hmm. and I've known you the longest, so I ask you. And I was like, what do we do? And they said, oh, McMurtry's great. You should use them. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so we got them, right? So we've used them now for a decade. And they take things when I have extra things and they're kind enough to get I'm not trying to load people up, but they, they will pick up the odd extra thing now and then if they oh, can. Sure. They always um, are, they like wave and they're just like, I don't know, the, the company clearly has a good leader because See, people that are riding on the back of a truck are in a good mood. They they uh, <laughs> they wave to you because it's like well they should come through here in the next few minutes I would think. No, right? I'm no, it's Saturday. Oh, it's Saturday. That's right. I'm Fridays. What am I saying? See, okay. nobody knows what day it is anymore. I, it's when you turn confusing. sixty, you lose it all. I I am the first. My street is the first pickup spot in the in the village. So, yeah, you get COD. Uh, like Crack about four pickup. Th four thirty five o'clock. I hear them out there. Yeah. So. But they're they're a great company. Anyway, all that's to say, we got chat, trash problems. There was a an interesting article in the Tennessee, particularly southeast Nashville, is like in really bad shape in terms yeah, of trash. There pickup. was there was a conversation about the fact that they now have raccoons and rats. Yes. So well, I, thought I mean, we had we raccoons have, and rats before. We do, but they're. Uh, I will say this: I don't see rats here very much. I have. No, not rats. You know much. what's funny? I've seen rats a couple of times, and both mm -hmm. times it was on Dietrich Street. Oh, okay. Right next to the state capitol. Well, that's not surprising. They're following their friends. Where's this story so, I can't find? Well, the thing is about this, I was starting to say about the trash thing, I don't know because we're out here in properly served McMurtry District. Mm -hmm. And um, so they evidently have 10 front loader trucks in the trash department to pick up uh, dumpsters. Right. Nine of them are still in the shop. Again, not surprising. These are the city ones, by the way. That, again, not surprising. I mean, look, there, there are a bunch of issues involved with all of this. Some of this is the money to actually do the maintenance on the, on the trucks, all of those kinds sure. of things. Sure. I don't um, think it's money. I don't think it's money. Well, there's also, but there is... I mean, is, it's always money, but I don't think it's money particularly. There, there is a... 
there is a labor issue. Yeah. I mean, the the labor issue is is going to hit the city here, continue to hit the city as well. Which sure. is, I mean, if you go through the Metro Jobs uh, Board, which I look through, you know, every when I decide I don't want to be a pastor anymore, right, you just have a moment. Yeah, I have right. a moment. You get you that know, one guy that, that always guy. comes in. I'll look, I'll look through, and there are a bunch of jobs, and you know, but the problem is, is there are jobs that pay thirty five thousand dollars a year, right? right and right. and you know, when you can go to work for the uh, the local diesel service place for you know probably making 65 or more or, or well more yeah yeah um, so i mean i think if you're actually say. a really good heavy mechanic at this point you're probably making nearly six figures at this point I in would, a city like nashville you look at the number of trucks and cranes etc that are in our city you've got to be making a lot of money i know that the crane operators make six and above yeah yeah so so i think that's a thing i think you know you got the we have maintenance issues. We've got supply and demand problems anyway mm-hmm. for the non-growing contract. Right. Uh, we have we're renting trucks, mm-hmm. uh, so there's that. I mean, and then we still have problems with where we put this trash. By the way, right. so no, it, it, there are some landfill issues too that are coming up, particularly over in uh, over in Rutherford County. There's big landfill there, and they're starting to run into some. Uh, it's going to get full soon. Let's just which is a fascinating way. concept. Yeah, of a full landfill. Well, you know, I why don't we burn it? I know uh, there's reasons why we don't burn it. Well, because you make know, smoke. it's bad for the environment. Can we put scrubbers on it like they do with coal plants? Um, yeah, I mean, I. Th- it, the I mean, I think it's, the, we should the, really it, be burning it for energy. If we're going to burn coal anyway, we might as yeah. well burn trash. We we. There, there are lots of things we need to do to deal with um, the waste that we produce. And we do produce some waste. And, you know, I mean, there, and some of that has been driven by corporations. I mean, the reality is, why do we have plastic Coke bottles instead of glass re- recyclable yep. Coke bottles? I mean, I love the glass we, bottles. The glass bottles were awesome. It tasted better. It was just everything else. But, you uh, know, and you got your nickel or your 10 cents for, per bottle. You know? It was really the, it was the introduction to entrepreneurship for me as a child. Yes. Right. I was allowed to return the bottles. Yes. For a nickel, right? Exactly. So And 30 cents was big money when you're six. Sure. And so in 1967. So I could go do that. And my son, yes. Noah, quite the entrepreneur, mm-hmm. um, Noah was desperately disappointed when I stopped drinking. Oh, because he was making money off of you. Dude had a heck of a little business going there. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, and it was really, recycling? it was aluminum recycling. It was all 12 ounce cans because I had become at that point, I had degraded into a 30 Bud Light a day guy. Yeah. But the, um, uh, this is a lot. And, you know, I didn't drink alone. So I'm doing 30. I got a friend doing 30. We're doing You're 60 cans a day. Cans there, man. We're generating some cans. So we're putting in a bag. And so I just had gotten divorced. Yeah. Everything's going all haywire. And I, but I did stop drinking because that was a good choice. And yeah. so, um, but my son would go up. Now, here I've mm-hmm. got him custody for a week. My wife's got him for right. a week, right? And so I would take him down to the Kroger where they had these huge recycling machines, right. but they paid the best. Gotcha. So it was Ralph's, actually. I'm just mm-hmm. using Kroger too normalize it for our listeners but we'd go to ralph's at the corner they're a big thing that was like a container Mm -hmm. and then at the end of it you'd put each can on this conveyor belt right like scan it and then add it all up and he'd get like 13 15 dollars yeah and which you would then take a piece of paper inside and they give you your money right right so he had a great business going the problem is he's recycling beer cans right which as hard as i tried and i tried yeah they were not completely empty Gotcha. Right? There was always a dribble of beer. Yes. So I would bring him home with his $15. Yeah. And he smelled like like a sailor on leave. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I guess Anheuser-Busch probably was really sad when you quit drinking, too. There was, I did was, get a, was, I got a condolence a, card. Exactly. Something yeah. I shorted line. their stock the day before I quit. So, That's the reason we're sitting here today. I bought this so, house. Uh, so, we, I mean, there are lots of, uh, the reality, you know, one, this is a longer story, too, just about recycling in general, which is, you know, most of the plastic we're putting in our recycling bins now is still going in the landfill because the Chinese are <laughs> nobody not wants it. Right? Nobody yeah. wants it, and so um, I mean, systemically, uh, you know, dealing with this stuff has a cost, and for a lot of years we didn't have to worry about that. And for our parents, you know, they just I I remember when I was in North Georgia, there was this farmer that had the sinkhole. 
And so yeah, if you had, okay, you know, yeah. like we were tore down a deck and it was like, where are you going to pick it? Throw we're going to throw in the zinc hole. Yeah. You know, that's kind of the way we functioned um, for a lot of years. But I think we're finding that all the sinkholes are getting filled now. And yeah. we've got, it, trying to deal with this is not, uh, and as you get to be a bigger city, dealing with the waste that it produces, it produces, it's a huge thing. Yeah, and know? one of the biggest issues for downtown on Broadway is the amount of trash they produce, right? right. And so the recycling slash trash problem down there where they're having to pick up trash twice yeah. a day. So here's what we need to do, though, because you're a Disney guy. I right? am a Disney guy. You're a Disney guy. You know, Disney World has that um, underground, underground trash, trash conveyor. Trash conveyor. Mm-hmm. I think we need to build they one of those. They have them in lower, some cities. We need to do that mm-hmm. in Lower Broadway. Well, we could have done it had we done Megan Berry's subways, right? We could have. Remember, she was going to put the uh, subway. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's not go there today. Right. Okay. I guess talking about well, her in a dark cave with a train in, it's probably not a good Freudian thing either. As we think about the things we need to build, I wonder if we need to, to start to talking. Sure. Yes, I'm sure you will. <laughs> I, I'm just ignoring it. Okay. <laughs> Forgive as, me, Father, for I've sinned. And as I'm we not think even about things that we need to build, you know, you know, 23 years ago, we built a stadium. Yeah, it was lovely. It, it really well. Well, let me, I, I, first I, of all, first you're of, right, we did build a stadium, but I have to interrupt you real quick yeah. because because we're new at this. Right. This whole thing of podcasting and talking to the kids and all. Right. Um, you know, all the kids are doing this. Right. Um, what we forgot to talk about was the fact that in our little town here, we yes. have a recidivism problem with criminals that go to jail and then they come back, they go to jail, then they come back, they go to jail and they come gotcha. back. And uh, one of our friends and local community involved um, neighbors uh, just brought up a very, uh, really kind of a simple question on the Facebook page, but we got some really great information out of it. So we've invited him to walk down the hill and we're going to talk to him for a few minutes and then we're going to come back and talk about is it something that we can do something about uh, might even mention that it's an election year and the we, district attorney's up for election. But we may do that. Those things come up. Okay. So we're going to be right back with Tim Jester, and then we're going to come right back and talk about that. So uh, thank you guys, and uh, we'll be back in a minute. All right, well, welcome back to the BNA podcast. And uh, we wanted to do something different today. As, as we promised a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a couple of months ago, because I don't remember, it so. could have been a year or so ago. We've talked about it for a long time, but we're like, oh, yeah, we're going to invite people that know about something and ask them about it, like a podcast. And so we, uh, we've actually gone and done that. So my uh, friend and neighbor, Tim Jester, uh, also lives in Old Hickory, like Jay and I do. Uh, we're having a Facebook conversation about an issue that I think happens all over town, but of course we only know about it here, so we'll be interested to hear back if it's happening all over town. But um, we have a recidivism kind of a problem here, don't we, Jim? We do, yeah. Uh, What did you learn about it? Um, To set the table, Old Hickory Village, because of the way it's laid out, and like many neighborhoods in Nashville, we are kind of a middle-class neighborhood. It was originally a company town owned by, built by DuPont, at the turn of the last century up through about 1929 and we are how these houses are totally a caste system they start on old hickory lake where the supervisors and the rich you know top of the line managers then there are sort of the mid managers and then it goes down and shortly thereafter uh, there were a bunch of really small houses and then a closer area called rayon city which has been troubled over the years uh, with crime and drug addiction and stuff like that so we're Mm -hmm. all real close together and so we talk about a lot. Some of our neighbors wander one way or the other. So anyhow, what did you learn about this? Well, I had the opportunity to have a conversation with our um, uh, attorney, uh, district attorney, yeah. Glenn Funk. Uh, he came to our Kiwanis meeting yesterday and sat right behind me. Actually, he was walking to his table with a plate of food, and I accosted him before he even had a chance to put his plate of food Which down. Which is a good time. Catch well, them when they're still a little hungry. That's, that's right. Right. Just a little edgier that way. It's a much better interview technique. He did say, yeah, I, I would like to talk about this, but why don't we wait till, till uh, uh, after lunch? And I said, sure. So uh, even he knows. Yeah, that's right. right. So it was, it was accidental, but apparently strategic. So uh, hang on. I know that we have serious things to talk about, but did you notice any of the sides on his plate being particularly fatty or bad for you? No. Well, actually, what I noticed, it's funny that you mentioned that because yeah. I did notice his plate was pretty sparse. Huh. Yeah, we had green I beans ever, and I mean, meatloaf. I've seen Glenn. I don't know him, but I've seen him. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have said sparse launcher. Yeah, well, we had green beans, meatloaf, and mashed potatoes, and there was one piece of meatloaf, and it's uncanny that you asked that, and I actually noticed that. Uh, but he had a 
Well, that's we do a lot of you know we do hard shell driving news and interviews here at the BNA podcast. Well, and after lunch, before we started talking, I actually said, "I'm I'm sorry for accosting you before you even put your plate down. If we if you want to schedule some time," and he was like, "No, no, no, no. We'll talk about this." But uh, about the recidivism problem, I just mentioned that we have these three repeat criminals in our neighborhood. Uh, should I name them? Does it matter? It doesn't matter, uh, but it's unnecessary. Okay. Well, there's these. there are these three criminals that continue to be arrested for both misdemeanors and felonies, uh, but they end up right back in our neighborhood harassing people and uh, falling asleep or passing out high uh, against random walls around the neighborhood. Uh, and, and it just keeps happening over and over and over again. So I mentioned this to him and I said, is there any way that we could keep them in a place where they might not hurt themselves, hurt our community. Can we keep them in jail, really? And I, I don't know if that's the best solution, but right. it's, only, it's only what I have in my limited knowledge. And his assessment was that uh, most likely the reason they were uh, returning to the neighborhood over and over and again was a, was a competency issue. So apparently, uh, many, many years ago, and if I'd known I was going to talk about this on a podcast, I would have taken better notes. But many, many years ago... Uh, we, we, by the way, don't invite people that have notes. So I'll never take notes. I'd love to yes, come back please. and do this. Okay, again. good. Uh, yeah, just don't take notes. I'm not sure I'm it smart makes to us talk look about much, to, If you take notes, it makes us look really bad. <laughs> so it's like a new guy on an assembly line trying to show the boss he's really good. Everybody has to go pat him on the back and say, slow down, son. Well, that, that's perfectly fine, but there will be some <laughs> vagaries here that, that could maybe... Uh, uh, Glenn Funk might, you should have him on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so uh, apparently many, many years ago, the state of Tennessee, as well as Davidson County, uh, used to pay for a 30-day stint in a mental facility or, or a facility where they could test your mental competency before you went to trial. Got it. Uh, and that was, it was the same for felonies and misdemeanors. And uh, maybe five or six years ago, the state of Tennessee quit funding 30-day mental health stints for misdemeanors. And not long after that, Davidson County decided to do the same. So if you get arrested for a felony and you have what they deem could be mental health issues, you get this 30-day stint in a mental health facility. But if it's a misdemeanor, you do not. And so his assessment was that most likely these three guys are on a list of about, I think he said 291 people, but just under 300 people in, in Davidson County that are repeat offenders, that have what they deem are probably mental health issues, but that keep getting arrested and then going before a judge, and since there's no mental health competency evaluation, they're not being tried, and they're just going right back out into the community. So you have to, and then under speedy trial, I bet they gotta let them out after a certain amount of time. Just let them go. And not I want to mention during COVID, they've been letting more people out anyway, just because of COVID. Right. Interesting, so you're saying that the state government in the beautiful and loving giving state of Tennessee, pulled funding from a Davidson County project <laughs> that was keeping mentally ill people off the streets while they were being evaluated for 30 days. This is shocking news to me. Yeah, because and they're actually, so I'm not saying giving. it. Glenn Funk said it. <laughs> okay, yes, we're quoting it, right. <laughs> yes. All the better. Yeah, yeah, so it's very, very interesting circumstance. And I, I don't know that it actually helps, uh, it doesn't help us towards any sort of progress for these three individuals or anybody else in that situation, but it actually offered a little bit of clarity to me as to why these guys keep ending up in our neighborhood. Well, it's, you know, there's always a money story in the, in the stories, right? It's, it's government, so in the, in, it's really funny. We don't talk about this enough, but I mean, the government is simply a distributor of funds, right? I mean, it's like, it's all they do is like, the only thing they have going for them that we couldn't just do, the three of us just all get together and we can go fix any problem we want to. We just don't have the money. So mm-hmm. they can tax people. And since they can tax people, they can fix things. And the reason I bring it up is people think of the government more philosophically, right? It's like, so our problems are, you know, you go down the list of problems, whether it's potholes, traffic, uh, <laughs> three guys in Old Hickory getting, continually getting re-released from jail after getting picked up because they steal things. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, my recollection of following it on the, the local Facebook pages is they have a propensity to borrow, f- pawn, score, pass out. You know, so they just steal stuff and eventually they get busted on the stealing part and that's why they're going, or that's for drug cycle. charges and yeah. then they're going in. So there's some, there's some aggravated assault in there too. If you go back and look at the, the rap sheets of those three guys. There are, and that's one thing yeah. I didn't have a chance to ask him about, but there are some pretty serious felonies, at least on one of those three people, uh, individuals' right. lists. But if it's and, more than 30 days ago, you know, they could have been evaled, tried out already, which is weird, yeah. you know, think about that it's this 30 day thing, which, I mean, I know we have a thing called drug court, which has actually been pretty successful from what I've known about it and observed, and I've been there several times. Um, 
And I've, uh, so I don't know. It's very interesting. It'll be interesting to drill into the funding aspects of this because then there was another comment in this same Facebook thread about a facility that was shuttered. Well, yep. what do you know where the, the well, first of all tell us what the facility was and then we'll talk about where why it's not open. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, so uh, I, I didn't mention this in the last part mostly because I forgot and this is a good segue. So This is what you do. See, it's like I'm in charge of not letting you forget things. Yeah, you're a good moderator. I don't moderator. really know anything. Hey, uh, before I talk about that, uh, you know what's different about driving on the roads in Britain uh, or driving on the roads in Nashville? Um, well, it depends on if you're drunk or not because otherwise you'd stay on the right here. Well, in in, uh, in in Britain, you drive on the left side of the road, and in Nashville, you drive on what's left of the road. Right. <laughs> Wait, we're writing it down. <laughs> copyright. Okay, we'll file the copyright. Right. Uh, I can't. I read that on Facebook somewhere else. I spend way too much time on Facebook. Though. Yeah, we all um, do. So uh, one of the things that Glenn or, or uh, Glenn Funk mentioned is that uh, he knows it's a problem, and he has gotten together with Darren Hall and a couple of other higher-ranking officials. Who was our sheriff, yeah. uh, Davidson County Sheriff. Uh, uh, along with a couple of other higher-ranking uh, Davidson County officials, I think one person from the prisons and, and maybe somebody from the mayor's office. But they're trying to come up with a solution for this 30-day eval for people who have committed misdemeanors. And so I guess they came up with a solution that would involve building a new facility uh, to the tune of about $3 bucks, and then it was going to cost five or $600,000 a year excuse me, to keep it, uh, to, to keep it running. Got it. Uh, and then I guess uh, Funk was over at the Sheriff's Department at one point and realized that they actually have a 300-bed facility that's not being used at all right now other than for uh, apparently the staging of Sheriff's Department vehicles. And um, Glenn Funk mentioned, mentioned to Darren Hall, hey, could we, could we use this facility uh, for the, the misdemeanor uh, 30-day? Wow. Psyche bells, and so apparently, uh, Glenn Funk, Darren Hall, and the other people in this committee all thought the idea was a good idea. They have sent it to the mayor's office, and it's gotten tied up in red tape in the mayor's office. So there's it, it's stuck in bureaucracy at this point. So, you know, uh, and I might mention this: this solution would only cost five or six hundred thousand dollars a year to keep going because right, we're using an away, existing right? facility, yeah, right. or w- with upgrades, I'm sure. But nonetheless, I wonder what do, you, what do we have any idea what the three hundred bed facility was for before? This is why I would That's have okay. taken notes. Well, he no, did he mention it. Oh, he did. He it's did. Like, I mean, sometimes they do so. It's easy enough to uh, find the out. ORC does that ring a bell? I think he said something about the ORC. But no, that, but Jay will know when he comes in. So we'll ask Jay, and uh, it'll be like, hey. It's the ORC, and he'll go like, "Oh, that's the old da 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 rehab center." And I'm like, "Oh, of course it is." Yeah. Um, the Jay knows things. He's been here a long time. Smart um, guy. And so that's why this is why he's here because I just pose, you know, um, pithy questions. <laughs> that's that's my job. Well, it's it's really interesting, and I think we're gonna you know look at it and talk about it. What we want to do is have people from other communities that have similar problems or if they are i mean if glenn funk says there's just under 300 people kind of falling in this gray zone of needing to be evaluated um you know uh, that's not an unsubstantial number of people when it comes to criminal activity and so we do need to have better solutions for people than warehousing them in the local jail which clearly isn't working because if these guys are if one of the primary concerns is that these guys are passing out loaded around the neighborhood um, then criminal detention is not helping anybody. Right. Um, you know, there were, I know there was one OD this week in a local uh, jail facility. And, you know, you got to ask yourself a question. <laughs> yeah. How easy is it to OD in jail? Right. Yeah. That's uh, uh, clever It shouldn't fellow. be as easy as it apparently is. Correct. I mean, one of Glenn Funk's claims to fame is that he's cut the jail population by half. And yeah. I, I can see why that could could be constructive in a lot of ways. At the same time, uh, I don't know that it's constructive to have those people back out on the street uh, doing the same things over and over right. again either. So I, I mean, there's there's no question that the on a large scale, the reduction of the number of people that are in jail for nonviolent minor crimes should probably be somewhere around zero, right? If it's right. nonviolent minor crime, and you know, the, I mean, I know he did come out sort of famously, and maybe we've discussed maybe inappropriately and vocally expressed the fact that he wasn't going to prosecute like minor weed violations in Nashville, which I support because I think it's a dumb thing to prosecute in 2022. But 
uh, maybe it didn't need a press conference, but right. uh, <laughs> I don't know. We'll talk about that later, too. But the these kind of things can best be achieved when a better solution has been identified. Right? right? It's not like, well, let's just let them all out and see how it all fleshes out. And so, well, I think we probably don't want to do it that way. You right. Know? Especially when we still have in Tennessee, you still have incredible problems getting employed if you have been in jail mm -hmm. um, so you let people out in a community and with the best of intentions they may still not be able to get a job of any substance where they can support themselves right i mean it's so a downward spiral yeah we have a very difficult time getting out of yeah right yeah. really throwing people in a bad hole so yeah. this is the kind of stuff that we want to continue to talk about now i have two questions and then we have to wrap it up because we theoretically are going to stay under an hour this week i swear <laughs> uh, jay's shaking his head he doesn't believe this this is a little bit, you know, wishful thinking, but, but, uh, number one, what do you think the biggest challenge is in your neighborhood? What's the first thing that comes up? And it may be this, but the first thing you'd look around your neighborhood and say, this is the biggest challenge that our city's facing right now and how it affects us. Oh man. Um, I think the biggest challenge that our neighborhood is going to face in the near future is finding that a city councilman as good as Larry Hager. <laughs> That's funny. Cause you know, my second one was, and I like Larry. Yeah. But I don't think he's a very good city councilman, but I think he knows that. He doesn't like me. But <laughs> that's okay because I really do like him. And I think here's the problem. It always goes back to the same problem. First of all, there's 40 city council people. This is the biggest problem in Nashville for me. Um, Both and, metaphorically and actually. <laughs> yes, yes, right? And it's the, and the biggest problem is that, you know, it, it creates hypernimbyism. You know, when you've got someone who has um, this big, you know, this little small little district instead of a really vast district where they have to think about the overall impact of things. Like we can, like in our district, we can build, if they want to get rid of the Riverside Golf Course over there, we could put two or 3,000 units of apartments over there. Right. And Madison would pay the price. Get Steve Smith to, to sell <laughs> well, Steve it. Steve would do it. I know yeah. yeah. no, he, he owns the fancy one. That's the crappy one. But that's a rich guy too. He's the, it's a farmer over there. But... You know, unless you have a big district, right, you don't have to think beyond right. this little small square. So I think Larry's also given a horrible job because he not only um, are there too many, he also is suffering from not being in the most important district. Yeah, this right? has been an underserved district for a very, oh. very, very long time. Yeah. And that, actually, that's one of the reasons. There are two reasons why I really like Larry. Number one, he's very communicative, and it's easy to, to get a hold of him and he to talk to him. He does answer questions. Yeah. And, and That's there, the upside no, of 40. There's no aloofness of, about him at yeah, all. Um, the other thing is I, I do think he has, to some degree, helped promote uh, this district with the city council just by virtue of the fact that he's a loud voice. I mean, it took him several years, and that's not necessarily his fault, but we're getting a brand-new community center up here because yeah. of his, because of his um, uh, I guess, activism in this uh, what, what did you call it? The group of 40 whores? Yeah, it, was, it was actually, <laughs> we want to be clear, it wasn't our phrase. <laughs> okay. Beverly Briley, this is a bit of history from Jay Voorhees, but Beverly Briley uh, used the term 40 jealous whores. We just borrowed it. That's how he uh, described the council. <laughs> uh, I have a question. What does hypernividism mean? Oh, nimbyism. Nimbyism. Nimby is just Siri, not in my backyard. Please define hypernimbyism. Yeah. Uh, hypernimbyism I might have made up, but, but nimbyism is just not in my backyard. Ah. So, the, the more, so the smaller your district, the more... Um, sort of directly focused on a very, very small area you have been elected to be. Mm -hmm. So it's not the person's fault. It's the system's yep. fault, right? And it's like, you're only responsible for this circle, right? So if somebody wants to have an Airbnb in your circle, you become anti-Airbnb for everybody. Gotcha. And then that trickles all the way around into the middle of the town where there are neighborhoods where Airbnbs serve a great purpose. Yeah. Like a long-term residential neighborhood in East Nashville may not be an example of a good place for them. Right. Uh, but in a place where you could have an entire row of Airbnbs that made so much money that we could write a piece of legislation that forced the back of self-same property to be workforce housing, mm -hmm. right? We'll give you all the Airbnb license you want for these 20 as long as you build 10 back here. Right. And they can't be more than dot, dot, dot number, right? Right. There are a lot of ideas like that. But nobody's going to do that in their little district. Right. But we'd all be happy if we could do they it. They just in, talk about it theoretically. Right, right. They don't, yeah. a, right. right. So that's hyper. That's my definition of hypernimbyism. Now, my goal is to use that in a, in a conversation. Exactly. In the next Please of days. report back. You've got to yeah. figure out a way <laughs> to effectively use hypernimbyism. 
to the betterment of all. But uh, so the last question I was going to ask you, which we sort of dance all the way, is why, um, uh, when will you announce, and why are you running for city council? <laughs> uh, that's the second time I've heard that in about six days. But the yeah. the the short well, you know, the short answer is I. I uh, don't have any plans to do that, at least in the in the near future. I it, I like the idea of being in politics someday, uh, but I have a wife and two kids who I'd be I'd be leaving her with those two kids uh, a great deal of the time at ages three and seven at this point. So this is um, like this, this is a tragic but true answer that many young, energetic, interested, and effective people have, and it's because with 40 people on the council, the meetings are really long. I, all and the time, response, talking about not getting out till after midnight. Yeah, right, like, and, during, and during the pandemic, there were four o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the morning one time. It was like crazy because you still have to abide by the rules of letting everybody talk and all that stuff. So, well, we're not gonna let you off the hook on that completely, but for today, we have no announcement to make on the world famous b podcast. <laughs> but I do wanna thank Tim Jester for being our very first guest in 2022 um, on a subject that we will now revisit uh, in a few weeks and make sure that we follow up, we'll dig in a little deeper and see if there are pressure points that can be applied and you know, maybe something can be done. But I'm dying to learn now about our 300 bed facility that's not being properly Used. I will say Glenn Funk gave me a cell phone number and I told him I wouldn't abuse it, but I could probably reach out and ask some questions. But right, I, yeah. I, I appreciate the opportunity to oh, be on so the great podcast. To have you here. I uh, appreciate your much. involvement in our community, drawing things to people's attention and moderating moderately so that uh, people like me that love to scream at nutcases uh, can uh, still have our voices heard. <laughs> but, but we keep it sort of, you know, manageable. I like it. I like Thanks it. for being Th- with us. Thank you very much. I pushed the red button, and that means we're back. We are back, and thank you, Tim, for being with us. I hope you know we got to do this more often. That's fun to have a, a different perspective, and we really are fairly desperate for it. Yeah, I actually I have somebody in mind. I good. We're gonna. It. Oh, cool. So, so uh, as we know, the DA, Mr. Funk, is running for re-election, yep. and it I is had an election a, year. A conversation with one of the folks that's running against him the other day, right? And I which might, is good timing. I, I might invite her to come speak. That would be cool. Would that be cool? I think it would be great. I mean, we're not in a nonprofit or, or you anything. Could, yeah, it doesn't matter. We can do, we do whatever we want. want to, um, and we could do it. I mean, do it here or elsewhere. We go to her for the yeah. interview part. It's uh, our guest this week, Tim Jester, that lives literally. Uh, about seven houses up the street from me uh, in Old Hickory uh, was uh, quite innocently, honestly, posting, uh, uh, which he often does, by the way. We have a lot of great conversations on the social media with him and his followers. That's why everybody thinks he's running for council. It is why, right? I did, yeah. I couldn't let him off without asking that yeah. question because it is like people are always like, who's going to run for council after Larry Hagar? I mean, you weren't the first person I've heard that from. Oh, no, no. Well, I actually have heard. You know what's funny? You know, Nobody asked me. Yeah, no. Well, <laughs> I had a who's going to burn down the city council? I yeah. had a couple folks ask me, and I'm like, no, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I don't know. Um, You'd be a good council person. Yeah, well. You have a lot of history here. I'm old. I'm tired. Yeah. Um, I, I did hear, though, that uh, Johnny Ellis is running. And, Not a bit surprised. And uh, then Mike Turner. Yeah, Mike okay. used to be the state yeah. representative. I like Mike. Mike. Mike's good. So we'll, I don't nice. know. We'll see. It's like kind of an interesting retirement gig for Mike. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was enjoying being a grandfather too much. I was I'm not surprised. supporting any more lawyers. No, got to stay away from lawyers. Yeah. Mike was a firefighter. So yeah, I know. He was a fire captain. Yeah, so uh, who knows? And his anyway. daughter, Savannah's got a new crystal store right down here on Old... Is it Old Hickory or Robinson? Are there? you doing another free ad? Yeah. It's on... I don't you got to do free ads until somebody pays your ass. That's right. So um, um, we probably should talk about t- the so conversation. So here's what's going on. So yeah. what we were just all talking about, I don't want to reiterate all the stuff we just talked about, but... So we got a 300-bed facility sitting somewhere empty and dusty. What's do you know anything about that? Yeah, it's it's over in southeast Nashville. Um, it's there's a whole complex of property over. Well, if you're an old Nashvilleian like I am, that used to be where the DeBerry uh, Mental Health um, Jail was, and then they moved that out by Riverbend. And so, um, so there's a, a facility over there. It may have originally been a core civic facility that was used by the city right um so that means we have to de- we have to go over with sage and stuff and walk through it probably yeah <laughs> um, people come so, de-demonize so this it. facility uh, for a variety of reasons um we're not jailing as many people as we used to right and and some of that is has to do with um work that 
Glenn and others have done to try to not put people that don't need to be in jail in jail. Um, but also, um, the state is not uh, contracting with the city as much as it used to to house people. Um, Core Civic, I think, if they were when they were using it, was probably doing some immigration detention there right. as well. So all that this facility's been sitting empty. Um, it was kind of controversial over the past couple of years because the uh, the past two years. Um, the city has tried to use it as a homeless shelter for uh, emergency weather, you know, when it gets below 29 degrees or whatever. Right. And that was a most of us that work in that um, work didn't like that because it was a jail. And oh, it's behind to, the gates over there? You know, it's behind the it's behind the fence. Oh, okay. it's, it's a jail. And um, and I it mean, looks for the like, people that uh, Tim and I were all sharing yeah. about on the social media, I'm perfectly happy for them to be behind a little razor wire when no, they no, get their that, evaluation. That, abso- absolutely. So, so that facility is sitting empty. Um, there, there are several things going on here. I'm sure that are behind it. One is that, um, in terms of the money for the operating expense, understand that several years ago, or within the past couple of years. Um, there was a move in the city council to basically divest ourselves of all contracts with CoreCivic. Yes. And basically return the operation of all of our jails back over to the sheriff's department. Um, That came with some financial cost. Um, And so I am sure that part of what um, Sheriff Hall's looking at is... um, trying to deal with the financial realities of actually having to run all of the jails now. Now, I will tell you, in private, he used to say, it's no problem, we can do it, no big deal. We kind of wanted to be out of the core civic contract. Um, But there was financial implications to it. So the the other piece that's interesting to me about uh, Mr. Funk's perspective on that is, you know, we have a contract with uh, Nashville General Hospital in Meharry, and Meharry has a psychiatric program. So if this is about psychiatric evaluation, I'm not sure that you couldn't do something um, with, because Nashville General has two floors that are sitting empty. So Are they so actually empty? They're, they're just they're, not even using they're them? They're not, well, they're not, yeah, they're just not used. So, so um, you know, you could set up a psychiatric evaluation program at Nashville General, and it and because it's, they've already got secure facilities, um, you could make that work. So all of that's to say. All good questions for some of these fine city elected leaders that are supposed yeah, to be thinking I, like I that. Yeah, I think that's right. I, I think it's my gut says that yeah some of this may be the the mental health issue because the reality and as you know I, I we see this every day yep. both with the population you you hang out with and the population I hang out with of the just severe lack of support for mental health um in at the state level at the city level you know we just uh, and I and so I just I think at some point um, this is reflective of the overall system that our mental health system is just broken and uh, we don't have a way to deal with it. I think on the other hand, I think there there's a little bit of a smokescreen there too, which is um, you know we don't want to have to jail people. It costs money. It costs too right. much money to prosecute. So we got we like a bazillion dollars of infrastructure money, and we're allowed to use it we for are. mental health and criminal justice stuff. That's we part are. of the infrastructure bill. So there's money there. There but is. But the money. state has to deploy it to Nashville, which we know they will not do. Yeah. So so. Hey, wait. Um, now I. We could talk about this forever. No, I know. But you said we were going to be an hour. We're going to be an hour. So here's the deal. The only way to put a button and a bow on a conversation about mental health yes. is with Stinger Music. Let's talk about a pastor in Mount Juliet. Well, that's tied to mental health. It is a mental health conversation. We're on the same subject. I don't even have to put a pause in here, just the Stinger Music, which I really like, which yeah. is why I want to do it. But the um, So this week, 
It's like we should have a thing. Do, 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 do. This week, this in, week in Greg, Greg Locke Lock. world. Do, yeah. do, do. So Greg Locke this week on a video that was largely circulated throughout the non-mentally challenged community uh, where he wants to exercise the witches that are part of his own church. He's done, I guess, with the people outside of his own church and now he's bringing it home. I'm trying to figure out how he got these witches in his church. Well, he's dating them. Oh, well, that's true. It's <laughs> I mean, so, obvious. So. <laughs> So, you know, the deal is it's real convenient that if anybody questions you. Yeah. I mean, the pastors have done this for years. Decades. As a matter of fact. If, Centuries. You know, um, yeah. So if but anybody I mean, going, questions you go as a religious Go 1600s on this thing. Yeah. I mean, you go back to the 1600s. That's a badass move right there. Yeah, I'm yeah. going 300 years back. Yeah. Well, Jerry you, Falwell, he was a 50s guy. Yeah, exactly. Right? Not me. I'm a 1650s guy. 1650s guy. So we got witches. We're going to burn them. Uh, I don't I know why. Them. I'm just reminded of that Monty Python, the Holy Grail. Where All they're gonna of burn. We're going to burn them. Burn them. It's going to be. He said, he literally said in this video that he's going to bring six brooms. Okay. And he caught himself when he said, we're going to fly your asses out of here, but he caught himself before he said asses <laughs> and said, "You're, we're going to fly your behinds right on out of here. Yeah. <laughs> it was fantastic. You could yeah. not direct this stuff if you were trying to make a comedy. Uh, but I have decided that Will Ferrell should play him in the movie. Oh, absolutely. It's going to be as, awesome. As a religious professional, though, I do want to say. He's not. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't do that like as an as an aside, like as a religious professional, because that would co-indicate that he was, in fact, a religious professional. Well, the problem for he's me is... He's a cult leader. That's well, a whole different is, gig. He is a cult leader. The problem for me is that he's portrayed in the media and other places yes. as sort of reflective of church people. Yes, he is. And, yes. and all I want to say is any church that doesn't have any accountability... Yeah, I don't need to follow that guy. Right. You know, just not not worth worth being a part of. It's not a great look. Okay. The uh, it's uh, I've loved it. You know, one of his his regular guests out there every quarter six months is Roger Stone. You know, and yeah. I was like, he loves having Roger Stone to come out and speak. And um, so, I mean, it says everything that it needs to say on the on the surface. But I recommend everybody just go on your search engine. Um, although I'm sure it's blocked on. Duck go go ducky thing whatever that is that the uh, YouTube scared people no there's mm. go duck the, the one the hyper privacy gotcha uh, but you go on the Googles you can just literally type in Greg Locke witches and uh, you will be entertained so anyhow there's enough of that but I have to do I just want to do an update uh, a Greg Locke update since we don't really have to do COVID updates anymore we're just going to change that music to the Greg Locke update yes well he, so, he never fails to entertain oh indeed so uh, there well, is more going on in Nashville than just Greg Locke although there is and I mentioned this earlier before you cut me off yeah well I had to stop you because you were going to talk about serious stuff. I was going to talk about serious stuff which is the stadium you know yeah right um, we, we have it's we don't have enough money to hold misdemeanor offenders for 30 days for a psychological eval, so we put them back on the streets of residential places with our children playing outside. Right. Let's keep that in mind. We right. cannot pick up the trash because we have a deal with a bankrupted company that can no longer supply enough people and trucks to pick up the trash. Mm -hmm. We have a pothole problem so severe that Briley Parkway has been shut down almost the entire week while they're trying to repave it so you don't completely destroy your car. Right. Although two of my close friends... Right. Um, have blown out tires on the tracks, the the uh, tracks that are the ones in Hermitage, right? Yeah, uh, they those are really bad. By the old shop that they tore down. What yeah. is that? I don't know what to call that. It's like right, right by the Hermitage. It's, shop. Uh, it's by um, Hopewell. Hope, uh, yeah, Hopewell. Hopewell. Over by Hopewell, that particular train track. Um, so these are the problems that we currently face because of funding. Right. Now moving on to. So we have a problem with our stadium, our, our really old, ancient 23-year-old stadium. Ancient, I tell you. Ancient. So we have the, there There's was, hieroglyphics on the walls. We're yeah, going to have to save it. This ancient yes. stadium, which, by the way, we have not finished paying off. We finished right. paying it off in two more years. So, um, so the deal is we got to move quickly though because interest rates are going up. So we got to refi that baby. Yeah, exactly. So the deal is is that um, 
they were planning on doing some renovations for it because there is a thing in the contract with the Titans that says that they have to keep it uh, a state of the art or something along that right. line. You know, it has to be in good shape. It's got to be um, up to snuff. And uh, they, I think that's they the technical thought, term. They thought it was going to cost about six hundred million dollars. Right, which is pennies to us because penny, yes. we don't have any problem with six, potholes, mental health, or exactly. trash pickup. Six hundred million dollars to to fix it, but now Chump it change. turns out it's going to cost something like one. 1.5 or yeah, something. Yeah, so they like got that. to 1.5 and then scrapped the whole idea yeah. of trying to fix the current stadium. So now they're all going, well, maybe just be just as easy to build a new one. Now, let me rewind everybody's thoughts. Okay. Back to when the NFL draft was in downtown Nashville, Tennessee. Absolutely. It happened, by the way, at the same time that the Nashville Predators were in the Stanley Cup. Um, this was a good week mm-hmm. for Nashville. So every sports writer in the world was here. Right. So they voted that week that the Nashville Predators were the number one sports franchise in mm-hmm. the United States, regardless of sport. It was mm-hmm. just the number one franchise because the way Broadway is located next to Bridgestone, uh, the convention center and the hotels that were there and being built at the time, mm-hmm. it was the perfect storm. Right. Uh and the truck's going by again. I'm just making a middle note. This is a thing that's going on in the neighborhood that's funny. So the, all of this was going on. Well, the commissioner of of your NFL, of course, right. was here, like he would be during the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. And he spent a lot of time with our city council members, state reps, and people that wanted to hang out with the famous fancy person. So as they all hung out uh, together, uh, Roger Goodall, is that right? That's it. Uh, yeah. Roger Goodall says to our city leaders, gosh, Nashville is the perfect place for a Super Bowl. Except for that stadium. Yeah. Exactly. And from that moment, we were getting a new stadium. I I do have to say, um, did you watch the Super Bowl last weekend? Uh, Some of it. Okay. So the thing, I mean, the commercials were fine. Game was it was It was blacked out in my area by a local KKK group that didn't want the halftime show to be done, but I got around it. Yeah, okay. The VPN, I was able to do it. That's cool. Yeah. But did you you notice that stadium? I did notice the stadium. I've flown over it. was huge. Yeah, I mean. It was was nice. It It was was $6 billion? Something like that. Yeah, right? Uh, I've flown over it a couple times when it was being built. I was working on some TV stuff, and... I would go back and, and it's right on the flight path into right. LAX. And so I was flying in, and I'm looking out the window, and it's like w- when they were building it, yeah. it was so, it's just so massive. The project, exactly. the idea yeah. that Los Angeles right. was able to appropriate, set aside. Now they do have, um, um, what do you call the do- eminent domain thing? Right. They got the eminent domain in California, so you can actually do things sure. for the good of the city and state. I bet it was. It's still astonishing the amount right. of space. When you think about the parking, that big water feature, and the yeah. plaza outside, and the size of the stadium, yeah, Ooh, it's impressive stuff. Yeah, we don't. You know, we they're talking in this. You know, we got a hundred acres we can work with, uh, but it's. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where they're talking about this. This is what's so interesting in the story I read today was was they're talking about putting the new stadium between where the stadium is now and the interstate, like where the parking. Yeah, right. Are. Well, that's what they always do. So it sounds weird when you hear it said like that. Every stadium in the United States has been replaced, like Cincinnati, Kansas right. City, yeah. all, and Pittsburgh, etc. So they all had this big stadium. Right. In order to not interrupt the ability to use Stadium right. A, they keep, because it takes like three years to build sure. these things, they take the parking lot from and right. then build a new big stadium, and then when they're done with that, they implode the old one and build a parking lot. Except for they don't want to build a parking lot. That This is this is that whole river development thing. They want to turn yes. that into the, the new um, Germantown, East Nashville. Let whatever. me just say, one thing that's important in this conversation, uh, they're going to build a parking lot. Oh, probably. <laughs> yes, I think. They're, the parking lot, on the back of the parking lot, yeah. there's going to be a walkway, and you'll be able to walk down by the river and do stuff. But yeah. all that other stuff yeah. is kind of like the affordable housing that goes with the soccer stadium. Yeah, exactly. Sounds great when you're selling it. Yeah. Right? So Remember what I said when we were talking about the soccer stadium over and over and over again. When a billionaire tells you, that an investment is going to be good for you. Right. But he doesn't want to do it personally. Right. Question the billionaire. Yeah. So it's uh, it looks like, you know, 
it went from uh, two days ago, well, now there might be a stadium to kind of like, well, this is why a stadium is probably going to be the best option. It's and in I'll two be days, honest, you know, it's, it's, it's Saturday at 1120. We're building a damn stadium. I, I, I'm, I, I'm just going to say right now on whatever day it is, this is you can go back and. So I guess today's the 19th of February, 2022. Right. You heard it here first, folks, on right. the BNA podcast. We're building a damn stadium. Exactly. It's going to take a year and a half to get through council and funding and all that kind of stuff. Then we will break ground spring 24. Will it have a roof or not? Uh, it will have a roof. Retractable. Absolutely retractable. Retractable roof. Yep. Absolutely. And it and will be not nearly as big as the one in L.A., but it's going to be big enough to host a Super Bowl nonetheless. Because okay. there's any, no reason to bother otherwise. Anything else that's on your wish list for the stadium? The, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish they'd move it outside of downtown to some place where people could get to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, exactly. No, I have one wish. Yeah. You know the defund the police movement? Right. I've never been a supporter of the defund the yeah, police movement. Yeah. I understand the, the larger yeah. concept of, yeah. of funding mental health and all that kind of stuff, yeah. which we spent a lot of time talking about today. Mm-hmm. I wish I want to defund the traffic police in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. They operate the egress uh, problems around large events in Nashville. At every time, mm-hmm. as though it's the first time they've ever heard of such a thing happening. Exactly. They are completely unaware that there are taxi cabs, rideshare vehicles, and shuttles coming into mm-hmm. the vicinity to pick up multiple people. See, the thing is, when you got a car downtown, you got mm-hmm. two to four people in the car driving out right. of the parking lot. Right. Those people need to be able to get out. Right. This does not mean that the people don't need to get in. Right. And so it is, it, it, it's hilarious. Right. Like they've, by the way, they've taken to closing First Avenue on the weekends. So when you come across the bridge into downtown Nashville, mm-hmm. just because it's Broadway, they, they're closing first. Second, third, fourth are open. Fifth is always closed. It some I mean okay. fifth is not a usable street anymore. And second's not open all the way, is it? Have it they, is open all the way, but it's one lane. Okay. So you go from two lanes down to one little lane and go by the okay. the blast site. Yeah, I haven't been there. Um, but it's just it's it is a unforgivably badly done process gotcha. at this point. I mean, was this twenty five years ago? You go like, yeah, they're trying to sort it all out. Yeah. But when the NFL was here, when the SEC was here, anytime somebody comes from out of town and implements their own traffic problem mm-hmm. I mean their own traffic um, um, mitigation Point, program, yeah, yeah. it works beautifully. Cool. And then the following week when there's a Preds game, they shut down everything you can't get to town. <laughs> it's like it's like didn't he say it? Oh, forget yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So so uh, yeah, that'd be, I, I that's my wish t- list. Do you, do you have your uh, do I we have, have our last pitch of the day or our, well there's a couple of, there's recommend? one thing that I do want to say it's okay. not I don't have a recommendation this week except okay. for go look at the new Amtrak proposals. Okay. Uh, Amtrak has proposed that Nashville get one slow moving train that goes from here to Atlanta. I. I assume that means they're mad at Delta, <laughs> but because you know, it's like okay. there was a joke in in uh, in Knoxville that used to only be served by Delta, right, at the airport, and they said if you die here, you have to go to Atlanta to get to heaven, right? <laughs> yeah. So the but they have a thing where it only goes to Atlanta, okay, and there is a high speed rail proposal, but it's just a very 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 fantasy level proposal mm-hmm. that would actually touch us uh, okay. but but generally speaking we just don't really get any service of any substance okay. to go anywhere because Nashville's just not on the map at the federal level right and I propose when I look at that Amtrak map mm-hmm. this is the problem of not being a swing state right <coughs> there's no upside sure for anyone in Congress you know I mean the Blackburn and the Haggerty mm-hmm. um, the <coughs> Pardon me. Marsha Blackburn, by the way, was on TV this morning because she'd gone to say goodbye to the troops mm-hmm. at the 101st Airborne. And right. we need to talk to her about sleeping with all of them before right. she sends them off to battle because yeah. she looked like she just got dragged out of a Motel 6. Gotcha. But 
the uh, I mean it's really bad at this point I mean it's like for God's sake I know that you've got 1985 hair but do it I mean at least yeah. have somebody do it I mean you're worth 200 million dollars for yeah. God's sake exactly it's just embarrassing so I mean Marjorie Taylor Greene looks way better than her yeah so yeah. the but Antrap snubs Nashville right because we got nothing right of you know, course. it's like you talk to people from Texas and Florida, they're all like, well, we're conservative and we're doing this and we're doing that. And I'm like, please, you yeah. guys are snowflakes to us. Yeah. Exactly. We had the abortion ban before you. We got LGBT ban before you. We got constitutional carry before you. Now we have a proposal, which we'll talk about next week. Uh, we're going to now deputize people that have got guns and they've proven that they're able to shoot them. And now they're basically going to have some of the same privileges as law enforcement in Tennessee. Well, I'm I choked gonna, on that one. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm just going to side for that. I, I mean, think that's the that's the perfect comment, right? Okay. Well, that's what I was going to say. We got to think about this. One of the bad things about being so solidly red mm -hmm. is that there's no motivation right. for the federal government to do anything right for the entire state. Yeah, and I guess what? That, They're not. I think that's exactly right. So, well, I guess we've run out. I, if I was going to make a recommendation today, I would still recommend Eastside Bowl. I got to spend the oh, yeah. day yesterday. They were open yesterday for lunch, which was good. That's cool. Uh, it's so cool looking. I haven't been in yet. Uh, it's really cool. Um, it's it's a great entertainment venue, and I think uh, if you haven't had a chance to check it out, I think it's uh, it, it's worth checking out. We kind of need to do a bowling tour. They they are open for breakfast on Saturdays and You're Sundays, kidding. so you and I Whoa, need to go. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. I had nobody. We, I had hey, we, could, we could do, I could take the little mixer and we could do a, a, a live show for huh? Eastside Bowl. I uh, bet can you be imagine happy. that? Us doing a live show? Yeah. Let's do it. I like it. We can just sit at the booth and talk. We do that well. That's awesome. Okay. Well, hey, you guys, listen, Ned, thanks for joining the BNA podcast. As we always like say, we like to bitch about our hometown, but our houses are not for sale. And we ain't going anywhere because really, even though we complain about it, we love it here. Absolutely. Bye-bye, y'all.